Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Prior to leading Sunshine Plumbing, Heating and Air, Susan was an international general manager with AT&T Wireless. She's an accomplished business coach and has proudly coached more than 17 different trades and 150 companies to great triumph. She's been an instructor for the National Emerging Leaders Program of SBA and a radio host of the program Coaching Not Just for Sports uh, for ESPN here in Denver. And so I'm excited to welcome you to People First, Susan, and for us to explore your leadership journey. Thank you so much for having me, Morgan. I'm honored to be on the show today. Okay, well, we're going to start with your origin story. Because part of this is all about uncovering the windy, windy roads that we all take that bring us to this point where you and I are conversing. Yeah. So if you go back to elementary school, when you were a wee lass, what was it that you thought or you wanted to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a chef. A chef? Yes. And uh, it was my dream to be a chef. So tell me more I, about that. What was it about the food industry um, that your attention? You know, I grew up in New Jersey in a large family, which was half Polish, and everyone was married to Italians. So oh, we had all of this great ethnic food, and we would get together all the time and eat, and and we would all cook. All of us were cooks, and so that was my dream. I was going to be a chef someday, and, and that was my plan. Okay, so sunshine plumbing and heating. There's a there's a pivot point then that happens along the way. So, did you get to study food uh, and economic food economic economics and and chefing? I did actually in my junior and senior year of high school. I was able to go in the morning to chef school and college prep classes in the afternoon at school, and I had an associate's degree in food services by the time I graduated high school. Okay, wow. But then, you know, I started to experience what it's like being a chef and that you have to work every night and evening and weekend and holiday. And my social life took a, a back seat to that. That didn't make me happy. I was very, very social during those years. So I started uh, being very interested in business. And that is how led me all the way to here. Okay, fair enough. All the way to here, which is sunshine, plumbing and heating. So yeah. as you think about the business then and your leadership journey, what has been, what are some of the highlights as you look back, the things that have inspired and engaged you along the way? Well, you know, working for AT&T Wireless was a great honor for me. I started in New York City and I started out as a salesperson and I loved that company and I ended up having in the years I was there, 11 different positions. So I really grew with them, ended up taking an international assignment, which was St. Vincent and the Grenadines and the country of Grenada, which mm -hmm. is in the Caribbean, so that didn't stink. And then when I came back uh, to the U.S., that was when they were doing that little dance with Singular. Right. And they became Singular for a few years. And I ended up taking a package, and I bought a business coaching firm and throughout that experience is how I met my husband and Sunshine Plumbing Heating Air was born. Okay, exciting. But you've gone then from food service industry yes. to working in a corporate environment to now being the female leader of a trade school business. 
So those are, in my mind, if I just assume it, very different cultures, very different approaches. What have been some of the challenges as a woman leader in a trade business that you've encountered? Well, you know, I grew up in a blue collar family. My father was a carpenter and he worked at the same uh, lumber yard for 47 years, which is very unheard of now. No one stays at the yard for 47 years. Um, But I think what surprises me so much is the difference between an employee mentality in the, in the trades, blue collar workers versus an owner entrepreneur mentality. Because the last 10 years I have spent with all of those trades that I was coaching, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm working with the entrepreneur who had the passion for business, but maybe had the skill first. And now leading that team of skilled workers definitely takes a different skill set. It's more finesse. It um, It's a different mindset. It's different on how we present our options and our benefits. So things that I thought were would be a big home run, they weren't. <laughs> a great example is, you know, when we first came up with our benefits package, I was all about, you know, long-term and health and, you know, not health insurance, but life insurance and long-term health care. And nobody really cared about that. Then I started doing some things like if you're on a job for a whole day, we'll send you lunch. Uh, twice a year, we buy you red wing boots and we surprise you with that. We will buy you tools. Like those are the things that were big hot buttons with our team. And then another thing that they love and they just did it today is they go to the food bank of the Rockies and they serve as a team. And the food bank loves us because we bring this big team of people that are all used to working together. And my team loves it. And they feel so accomplished when they leave. And that's just the things that I learned that not everyone is motivated by the same things. I love that. So that sense of community, both within Sunshine, but also the how do you support the the families and the communities that you interact with is obviously a core value for the business. Yeah. And I I believe I've done the math on it and I don't keep this close of track, but during the COVID Initially, we did over $50,000 of complimentary services to people who had lost their jobs or needed help or were waiting for money or whatever that looked like. And my team loves that. And all I need to do is just ask, like, hey, the person's having a really hard time. You know, we'll support the parts. Would you be willing to, you know, donate an hour or so of labor? And I very, very rarely will I get a no. Yeah. So you mentioned that you met your husband through the coaching. You've talked about the sense of community within the business and so on. So what role have relationships played in your success and the success of the company? I believe that so many of our clients that we have now became our clients because of a relationship that they had either with myself or with my husband or an online persona that they got to know us. We became very, very vulnerable, very transparent, uh, very humble and, and grateful for our, our great success. And we did not stop letting our community know that. Mm-hmm. And people feel like they know us. And mm-hmm. so we have a joke around here. When people call up, they're like, I'm Susan's friend. 
So my my office manager has a, a litmus test. She's like, well, were you at her birthday party? Because oh, okay. <laughs> if you weren't at her birthday party, you're not that close of a friend. But okay. you know, of course, we'll help you. <laughs> so there is a filter. And I think I've done the same because we obviously got to know each other through the National Speakers Association. Right. When I've needed plumbing services, I've called you because I know you. And so that's it's always the stop. And, and I, I talk about the fact that businesses, personal relationships matter. And whether it is through the computer or through directly knowing you or getting to your birthday party. Yes. It matters, it matters indeed. All right. So how has your leadership style um, ad- adapted and changed over the years? You know, I will tell you, you know, I grew up in a Fortune 100 company, well, two of them, because I worked for ADP and then AT&T. And we were very stoic back in the day, in the, the late 80s and 90s of how we ran our business. We were very closed off. Like, I worked for someone for four years, and they did not know if I was married or single. Mm-hmm. Like, we just didn't bring our personal work yep. to work. And I, I'm sure you could appreciate that probably coming uh, from England where I would feel like everyone is very stoic, right? And you're kind of yeah. having your game face on and you don't talk about your personal life and you don't bring your baggage to work and you leave your problems at the door before you march in. And, and that style of leadership does not work anymore. Um, yeah. what, what I found that does work is now we sit down with our each individual person and we ask them, what are your dreams and goals outside of this building? So what is it that you want to do? And I heard things like, I want to fix up my Jeep. So I said, well, you know, how much would that cost? It would cost X amount. So we figured out how much per week this employee needed to put away. And then I ordered him a Jeep. And, uh, you know, a plastic Jeep, all fixed up like the way he wants his. And he now has it in a visual spot in his home. And I did that with every single employee. So now whatever it was that their dream is, I have given them something to set their intention with. Oh, my God, that is so powerful. Because, again, it's connecting with me as a full human being, not just the job title or the badge I wear at work. How do we connect and integrate the both? It's always frustrating when people talk about work-life balance, like there's a switch. And the whole point is, no, 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 it comes as one job lot. And it's how do we integrate them? And you're right, being British, I have put the game face on for most of my career, and I'm learning to let that down now and go with the human side Right. Truly makes a difference. And it's but it's hard to make that transition because, you, you know, you're used to, well, that's none of your business, like <laughs> what I'm doing or that, asking you that question. But now it's very blended. It and blended. But I really feel that we have a deeper connection with our team. We know things about them that we would have never known. We know what everyone is motivated by. And each each and everyone had something different, totally different. And mm-hmm. very few was money. It might have been money to go and do something, but it wasn't money just as a driver. Yeah, it's always a short-term motivator because the stuff we want to do always tends to exceed the dollars that we have, but it also is the limiter if we don't have it. And it's how do we make those baby steps, to your point, putting so much aside so that I can now rebuild the Jeep and and get that life vision realized. It's so exciting. So what, what have been some of the challenges, the surprises as you run your own business that you've come across? Well... Um, surprises. 
I think that it looks easier than it is. And I feel like we have been the incubator for about uh, 10 different companies because we've had these people come to work for us. And here we were super successful and we um, grew so fast, won all these awards. And we, our employees have seen that. And there's been a, a handful or a, not a handful, really a lot, a lot of them have gone off and tried to start their own company because we made it look so easy, but it's not easy. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning. Uh, It's 80% on the back end, what we have to do to bring customers in and to make everyone happy and to follow up with them and to make sure the bills are paid and the payroll's done. So nobody sees behind the veil on that. They only see the, you know, that we own this business that's winning yet another award. And I feel that as a business coach, I didn't know that as well as I do now. And that is why I returned to coaching because my empathy level has grown exponentially through my own experience of running this company for the last seven years. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, others look at us and see the overnight success, but I certainly tell others being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. And this is the hardest Mm -hmm. I've ever worked in my whole career. And I've been doing this now for 13 years. And I'd love to think that it was easy but it's a different challenge as we continue to grow. But I look back at my corporate life as being relatively straightforward. Yeah. Comparison, because there are so many different hats that you and I are wearing. There are so many different levers that we have to pull, to your point, to make sure we're making payroll, to make sure that payroll is accurate, to just, to just do the business behind the scenes and make it look effortless, though, I think is a, a credit to you and the team and recognized in the number of awards that you have won. Yeah, it, it, but it's been a long ride. You know, it's been up and down and some sleepless nights and it, it feels good to be on the other side of some of that though. Yeah. So can I touch on that? Because again, it would be easy just to say, okay, what next? But you had one of the biggest leadership challenges that I could ever imagine happening. And yet you have come back from it bigger, stronger, better, faster, $6 million man sort of approach here. <laughs> So just give us the, the, the edited well, highlights. What happened? And then let's celebrate your success story again. Well, you know, I don't know this $6 million woman. Like, I'm only 30. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've aged significantly during this. Um, what, what happened was this, is I own this. I made a bad hire. I hired someone who overstated their ability Um, I didn't want to hear any differently because I was traveling, I was speaking, I was having a blast. I was, you know, leaving every week and and people were all contacting me for advice. Like, man, I thought I was, you know, I'm like the great entrepreneur. And so this hire that I brought on, I just started not delegating, I was abdicating work. Okay. And they bring that up a lot in the e-myth, right? Like you can't just dump work on someone like you need to have a plan. Oh no, I just was dumping. And I really didn't spend a very good amount of time training. I just assumed this person knew because they had worked in the industry. And after about four years, uh, we realized that this person was 
not managing our business while I was gone. Uh, there was a lot of money discrepancies. There were bills that weren't being paid. There were taxes that were being shorted. So um, I had this employee on this great pay plan that they would get bonus for staying on budget. Yeah, and I could look at QuickBooks while I traveled. I could look at our CRM. I thought I knew everything that was going on, but I didn't because I wasn't getting the mail myself because I was abdicating that duty as well. And we ended up in the beginning of 2019, almost a million dollars in debt. And a big chunk of that was uh, a letter arrived at the door on a Saturday I opened the door, certified letter from the Internal Revenue Service that we owed $420,000 with penalties and interest uh, to the IRS because not that we didn't pay our taxes, we didn't pay enough. And so what my employee was doing was not paying things so she would stay on budget and she would get her bonus. Uh, she was also very envious that I had hired another employee that made more than her during this time. And that really started this whole thing going. And then there was so many other things. Police are involved, courts, uh, you name it. And we almost lost our company. A mm -hmm. uh, million dollars in debt in a company my size is a lot of money. Um, so I, Maureen, I had a deep dig really deep, but I remembered that I had worked with 150 companies through the recession. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how did we all get through this? You know, I had to get really objective and I had to look at my company like I would if it wasn't my company. Yeah. And I had to step outside, look in and be like, all right, what are we going to do? We need a plan. So we almost immediately downsized our facility, which saved us a significant amount of money. It did create, though, a loss of confidence from our employees. We lost a lot of our technicians, which we've had to start all over again. Um, because we downsized, we, I also had to write a letter to all of my vendors saying, I know I owe you a lot of money. Here is my plan to pay you back. And every Friday, my office manager and I would sit there and we would make payments. And we still do this to this day. Friday is, is payday. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've paid back $325,000 of debt since the beginning of January this year. So during COVID, we were still paying back debt. And we also, um, you know, we love our downsized position and we have an offer and compromise in with the IRS. Mm -hmm. So that big number is going to be significantly less. So we're very, very excited about that. And that should come through. It's going to take us about a year um, to get through that. And then, you know, we, but we were turning it around and we are, we are profitable now. We are more profitable now than we have ever been. I mean, now, our, yeah, our revenue's down, but our profit is stronger than it's ever been stronger than any other year. I mean, I have to just celebrate you. I mean, it's not how you might choose to learn how yeah. to take your business to the next level in any shape or form. But the courage and vulnerability is I've watched and heard you speak from the heart about the, you know, your stomach drops through the floor when that out of the blue, you get the IRS notification. And the fact that in le essentially a year, you have come back from the brink, something that would take other people to their knees. Susan, <laughs> I applaud you. And I think it's also a reflection of the relationships that you'd built, the support network that you have. Yes. Because even in that time, 
didn't the universe also give you an opportunity to acquire another business in a way that's also helped accelerate the comeback story of the century? Absolutely. It, um, <laughs> that was nuts. So our friends that we knew from the Plumbing Association had this company. They knew in January of 2019 they were going to move to Texas at the end of the year. So they had their business listed. They were getting ready to clean things up, and then they were going to move. Um, so they were asking around $400,000 for this company. And they asked us if we wanted to buy it. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I don't even know if we can pull this one out. So mm -hmm. I, I cannot get involved with yet another one. And we don't have that money. So by September, uh, they were not having any luck selling it. And they started selling off a bunch of assets just indip individually. And they said, hey, do you want to buy it for $150 minus the trucks and whatever? And I was like, no can do. December 6th, I would say, in 2019, they called and said, all right, $20,000, it's yours. You get our technician, our database, and you can make payments. <laughs> so we paid them weekly. Every Friday, we would, we would do a direct deposit to them. Um, and we paid them off in 20 weeks. And it enabled us to cut our marketing budget by about $10,000 a month which is a lot of the money that we use towards debt because we didn't need to market because we had this big database now with their customers and ours. So I say we went deep instead of wide and they also didn't do HVAC. So they had 10,000 customers that were just plumbing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been just such a blessing. And even like I was looking at our numbers from last month, 15% um, of our business overall comes from their customers now. But again, just listen to that story. And I immediately flash back to the one you shared about the Jeep and having the vision and putting a bit away until you could realize it. And this is what happened that allowed you to grow the business and continue to hire back employees who'd left or you'd had to let go. Susan, congratulations. I mean, it's awesome. Thank you. But I, will, I need to tell your, your listeners one thing. Because you, you you talked about the Jeep, the vision board right oh, here. Has to be right there in front of you at all times. Like it has to. Be. <laughs> that is the only way to make things happen that big. Because unless you are focused on the solution all the time, there's going to be a lot of distractions and you can't get distracted. You have to power through. And, and my motivator was all of those, those customers that I've made friends with, I was going to let them down. Like, what, who were they going to call? And they had maintenance plans with us and we'd installed uh, products in their homes. Like they needed us to survive. So that was a huge part of our why uh, that we, we must we must get through this. And there's a difference in how you responded to that because there's the not letting people down. And in the olden days, that would have mean put your game face on and just go yeah. out and pretend everything's okay. Whereas yeah. you talked earlier about the importance of transparency and here's the plan. And that's what you did in this situation. You didn't hide it or sugarcoat it. You were, here's what's happening and here's how we're owning it. And that yeah. is just so powerful and what makes you such a great role model. Well, you know, as a speaker, you're going to appreciate this part too, because I was being asked to speak about our success. And that was most of my bookings were booking this 
these two keynotes that I did about how we grew. And I got to the point where I could not give that keynote without getting physically sick at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would come off stage and I would get sick and I couldn't do it. I could not do it another minute. And, uh, you know, of course my reviews were telling, right. You know, I would normally get a lot of spin off my engagements and the spin stopped. And that's because I did not believe what I was saying. And of course the audience wasn't believing what I was saying either. because I transferred that energy to them. So as you look to the future, then I know you've got your vision board off to the side there, but what is your future vision then for both the business, but for you as a leader and as a keynote speaker? Well, I've, I resumed some coaching. Um, I really feel now more than ever with the information that I have and what we've been through and with my experience that I am going to be able to help so many people more than I ever have, because there are people that are going through a really rough time with COVID. They are going to need somewhat of a turnaround. They are going to need a recovery plan. And I have the recovery plan. And it has become my mission to share it with as many people as I can. So that's really my keynote plan as well, that I want to be able to be in the world and sharing the story of how you can get through it. You can. It is not the end of the world. We're going to get through it. It'll be okay. You'll sleep again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And that's really uh, like stronger than ever in my entire life is my of my why. And that is it is to helping other entrepreneurs and business owners uh, not go through this. I love that because that message resonates not just for the entrepreneurs and the business owners, but for everybody as an individual, as I reflect back on my early career, you know, when I was in my 20s and wasn't able to pay back the credit card bill in full because I was still not necessarily living beyond my means, but life is expensive. And how do I at an individual level get control of my finances and set myself up for success? But then as you talk and expand, how do I do that for my team and my company? It is going to be an exciting and empowering and an inspiring message that you have to share. So Susan, tell me, and for those listening, how do they get hold of you? How do they find more about the keynotes? And if I need some more plumbing, get on call and pretend (laughs) to be a friend. uh, My my speaker website is susanrobertsfrew.com. I... I have a lot of things going on. The best way to reach me really is to email me at Susan at SusanCoaches.com. It's super easy or find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do respond to everything on LinkedIn um, unless you're trying to sell me something. <laughs> I probably won't, but I, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. I check it once or twice a day. So that's probably the two best ways. Okay. Well, thank you for being such a, a great guest and sharing your personal story today, Susan. I truly appreciate it. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.